This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Alhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. My brothers and sisters in Islam, I'm just getting over a virus so my voice sounds a little deeper than hope inshallah it's not too irritating. Today I want to start by just going over lesson two last week a little bit because it was rushed last week and the volume wasn't that good. I'll just go over it very quickly and then inshallah we'll continue our journey on the lives of the prophets. From lesson one we finished off with the verses of the Qur'an telling us the story of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordering the angels, all of them, to make sujood, to prostrate to this new creation, Adam alayhi salam. And we spoke about how amazing this creation is, the human being. We call them the human being today. In Arabic, Allah calls them insan. Insan means one who likes companionship, one who is social, one who likes to communicate. Also, there's a slight meaning to nisyan, slight, which means forgetful. Allah also calls, them, calls us Banu Adam, the children of Adam. And the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Kullukum min Adam wa Adam min Turab. You are all, you all originated from Adam and Adam originated from the soil, from earth. Meaning no one is superior to another, you're all the same. What I want to highlight right now is this. Humans are not the greatest creation that Allah ever made. Allah said in the Qur'an, لَخَلْقُ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ أَكْبَرُ مِنْ خَلْقِ النَّاسِ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُ Allah said, the creation of the heavens, and what did we say the heavens means in Arabic? السَّمَاءِ means anything that is above the earth. Or, if you want to talk scientific, technology, Technically, scientifically, I mean everything that is in the solar system, in the universe, in the cosmos, anything that is beyond the earth, they're called heavens. The universe above and around the, the earth and the creation of the earth itself is greater, more magnificent, more complex than the creation of the human. But many people just do not know, they don't understand, they don't comprehend this. There is another verse in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hints to us that He will open the doors in the future to teach us, for us to discover what He is talking about. Although even then, it will be only a speck of a speck. Allah said, سَنُرِيهِمْ آيَاتُنَا فِي And we shall show them, human beings, in the future, 
to come. Our signs fil akhat in the horizons in space, wa fi anfusihim, and in their own biological makeup, wa mimma la and things they had never known before. Scientists say we are getting closer and closer to the truth. To me, this is a ridiculous statement, and I come from a science background myself. I can tell you that it's a ridiculous statement because how do you know that you are getting closer to the truth if you've never known what the truth is? How do you test that? When we do experiments, we have a test tube or some kind of some, some sample called the standard. We test all our experiments on this standard. So if we don't have a standard to test if we're getting closer to the truth or not, how do we know? Allah subhanahu has already shown us the truth. We are just working out how this universe is working. What, not why. So Allah said that there are more magnificent creations than the human. But the difference is Allah honored the human being and he, he or she is special to Allah subhanahu as a creation than anything else. <coughs> to tell us that it is not in the complex design of something that makes it better than something else, but rather the values that exist in you. And the most significant thing in a human being is what? That he or she has been given choice and free will. You can choose to obey or disobey. You can choose to save a life, obviously, uh, metaphorically speaking, only Allah can keep people alive, but you can choose to help save a life, or you can choose to murder a life. You can choose to help people or to destroy the lives of people. Similarly, you can choose to follow Allah's guidance or go against His guidance and make yourself a God. Allah gave that free choice also to another creature called the jinns. But the jinns are not as special as the humans. Allah created in the humans something special which is called a ruh, the soul. This ruh is what keeps you alive. And Allah did not give it to any other creation. Allah says, فَإِذَا سَوَيْتُهُ وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِي To the angels, once I have fashioned Adam, this creature. He didn't call him Adam first, he called him this creature that I'm creating. Once I have fashioned this being, and I have blown into him from my soul, then prostrating. My soul doesn't literally mean from Allah himself. We are not part of God physically. My soul here is a metaphor, it's a linguistic. In Arabic you say, my thing can mean it belongs to me, or it is part of my makeup, or it is the most special thing to me, my favorite soul. And the angels thought, how special is this human? That Allah is going to place this soul which is never used before. He created this soul. It is this which keeps us alive. Otherwise, how do we explain life and death? Definitely science and doctors cannot explain life and death. Bring the person back to life, Allah says, if you are truthful. Allah says, If you think that you will not be resurrected by a power beyond you, meaning by God, then why don't you bring back the dead? Or when the person is dying in front of you, all you doctors and all you scientists and professors of the world, 
as that person is dying, let it be your most beloved, your own child, your own spouse, your own parent. Why don't you bring them back? Don't let them die. Bring them back. You can't. And Allah says, Tarji'unaha. You will return it if you can. What is it? It is the soul. What is the soul? It's known to Allah. My brothers and sisters in Islam, anyway, we look at everything around us and we find it subservient. The sun, the moon, clouds, everything. It is in an order. Something is controlling it. They, who don't believe in God, call it names to deter themselves away from believing in God, the Creator, an intelligent being beyond us. They say, it's something called Mother Nature. And they make many other names. SubhanAllah, even then they use an intelligent being, Mother. <laughs> they tell me it's metaphoric, but because it's so confusing, it's inherently in us, in our subconscious mind, in our inherited, inherently in us as an instinct that there must be a maker. But we force it away. This Mother Nature, this evolution without a creator, we as Muslims call it Allah, God. You can call it whatever you want, but at the end of the day, it's an intelligent design. Allah would not leave us without a guidance. He sent to us his messengers and prophets. And he gave us instinctive intuition. Have you ever heard of that word, intuition? Hands up, have heard of the word intuition? No one here has heard of the word intuition. One, two, three, back up. Put your hands up. Why are you playing games with me, boys? Don't worry, I don't want, to, want you to give me answers. It's a waste of time. What I'm going to say is intuition. We are born with this natural intelligence. And we can't explain what it is. You can call it the conscience, the subconscious, intuition. Something inside you that guides you to a certain limit. But then you need more guidance as you get older. You need people with experience to teach you. And you need, if you're going to believe in the hereafter, God and all that, you need the hereafter and unseen things. You need prophets and messengers that come to you from the Maker, who is Allah. And so we have instinct, which is called fitrah, a natural thing that makes causes you to ask, where did I come from? There must be a creator. Your mind tells us it makes sense. What does sense mean? I don't know, it just makes sense to me. And God sent prophets and messengers. Allah said in the Quran, <laughs> We have sent you, O Muhammad, with the truth to proclaim good news and to warn. Never has there been a nation, but a warner has come to them. A warner meaning a prophet and a messenger. Allah said, we raised a messenger in every community to tell them, meaning all the people that have ever existed in the past, Allah has sent a prophet and messenger to them. All people have been sent, prophets and messengers. We have sent, Allah said, we raised a messenger in every community to tell them, serve Allah and avoid or shun Something called a tawhut The mission of the prophets and messengers from Allah were to 
again, to proclaim good news and to warn. And to tell people to serve Allah, to worship Allah, and in its place, opposite to worshipping Allah, to shun and avoid and reject something called Tawhut. Who's heard of the word Tawhut before? Good. What is a Tawhut? It's repeated in the Quran many times. Whoever disbelieves in a Tawhut and believes in Allah, has truly held on to the proper belief. Every prophet and messenger, this was their main mission, built on that. To disbelieve in Tawhut and to believe in Allah. That's it. What is At-Tawhut? At-Tawhut is anything that is worshipped other than Allah. Anything. You name it, it if people worship it, it's Tawhut. Other than Allah, therefore it's evil. Not only does it mean everything that is worshipped other than Allah, but also... <coughs> And the call of any being, the call of any being who calls to that. Or having any association with them. Helping and assisting someone who calls to the Ta'ud, and helping them in that call, in that mission. Associating yourself with calling them to it, is you following a Ta'ud. This doesn't mean that you don't associate partnership with non-Muslims because they call to worshipping, for example, Jesus or Moses or idols or Buddha or whatever. What it means, well, Buddhists don't really worship Buddha, they don't believe in God, really. But Hindus, for example, or call to different gods, to deities or whatever it is, it means that you can join with them in things that are worldly beneficial, but not when it comes to worship. Anything that is associated with it, or representing it. Representing it. You might say, I don't believe in what they believe in yet. But you take part in the things, the aspects of that belief. That is, joining the Tawhut. So every Prophet and Messenger came to tell people, stay away from that Tawhut and worship only Allah. Every Prophet and Messenger did that. It has never changed. Allah says, thereafter Allah guided some of them. Guided. Hada. A lot of people ask me, what do you mean? If God sent prophets and messengers to guide people, and then He says, He then guided some people, and some of them He left to go astray. What does that mean? Is that my fault that I'm not guided? Are they privileged because God guided them? What does the word God, guided, Hada, mean? Don't misunderstand it. If Allah guides someone, what it means is it doesn't mean that He places in their heart some Holy Spirit that makes them suddenly believers and they don't know why. A Muslim is not a blind follower. We analyze, we reason, and then we believe. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says hada, meaning He sent forth signs and things to make you think and ponder and reflect and reason with. It's like a person, let's say you're in a place where you're a stranger in a place you don't know where to go. So you get someone who's local and they guide you. They tell you, listen, if you take this road, it'll take you to such a place, you will see this sign, take a left turn and so on. Or they'll give you a map that says, follow this direction, they highlight it for you. They gave you guidance, but they don't accompany you. So you take the map and you take their guidance and then it's up to you to follow their guidance or to not. It's up to you. You were given guidance, 
And if you follow their guidance, then that means they guided you. But they didn't force you. They didn't make you. Allah, when He says hada, means He gave all the reasons and the purposes for you to be guided. Yudli, He gave you the guidance, and then if you take any other path, well, Allah has created the world to be such in such a way that if you don't follow His guidance, then it will be misguidance. And that's what it means when Allah says He means to misguide. Brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah then said, Go about the earth then and observe what was the end of those who rejected the messengers, calling them liars. Allah invites us to travel the earth and to look at ruins and things that people, generations before us, tribes and ancient civilizations left behind. To tell us, look, there were civilizations who thought they were the best and the most superior, but Allah destroyed them. Now you might be asking, what do you mean Allah just destroys people for not believing in Him? Not like that. Brothers and sisters, they were destroyed by their own actions. Not only because they chose to follow the wrong guidance, but also called His messengers liars. I'll give you an example. You all know about global warming, don't you? You know about global warming? I hope Muslims are not the last people to care about, right? Global warming should be our priority as well, because the earth belongs to Allah. And Allah said, you are inheritors of the earth, Khalifa, remember? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Corruption has exceeded in land, on, uh, uh, on land and in the seas. The corruption of Allah's nature because of what man, man's hands have done. Right? Global warming. When people are the cause of all of this global warming by their own hands, it's half the problem that it's our, that we have caused it. The other, the bigger problem is when we deny it and ignore it and don't care about it. What is the consequence? The destruction of our own lives. So when the people don't want to follow the prophets and messengers, by their own hands they've destroyed themselves. And they also denied them. They even rejected that they are from God. They rejected the whole universe and its creation. All the purpose of their existence. So that some of them got destroyed by their own doings, and some of them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed them for a reason he knows. Allah said, Thumma Then we sent our messengers in succession after one another. Prophets after prophets, sometimes twos, in threes, sometimes in tens, in fives, all at once. Sometimes, for example, four or five or ten prophets will die, and immediately other prophets will take over. Allah says, we have revealed to you as we revealed to Noah and the prophets after him. And we revealed to Abraham, Ismail, Isaac, Jacob, and the offsprings of Jacob. The offsprings of Jacob are the twelve sons of the prophet Yaqub. Allah sent from them, they are called the children of Israel, the Jews, He sent from them most of the prophets and messengers. And Jesus and Job and Jonah and Aaron and Solomon, and we gave to David, Zahs. All these names are biblical, biblically, biblical sort of um, pronounced, but they're also acceptable. In the Quran they're called Sulaiman, Harun, Dawood and so on. Allah said that He had told us about some of the prophets and messengers and some of them He did not tell us about. Allah says, 
We revealed to the messengers, we revealed to you some of the messengers, and some of them we haven't told you about. We have not told you of some of them, and to Moses Allah spoke directly. So the prophets and messengers that we are told about, they're not all the prophets and messengers sent. The prophets and messengers are not all equal in rank. And not all of them had the same favors and miracles. Some of them had better miracles and favors than others. Some of them were of a higher rank and importance than others. But what's equal among them is what? The message is equal. They all came from Allah, they all came with the same message. So Allah says, And those messengers who have been designated to guide people, we have exalted some of them above the others. Among them are such that we have spoken to by Allah Himself. And some He exalted in other respects. So this is plural. There could be more than one or two prophets who spoke to Allah directly. Allah spoke to them directly. Musa is mentioned to have Allah has spoken to him. And also Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, Allah spoke to him directly in Asra al-Maraj, long hadith. And Allah may have spoken to many other messengers before and prophets. My brothers and sisters in Islam, how many prophets were there? We said last week, Allahu A'la. Only Allah knows how many. But there are more than a hundred thousand prophets and messengers ever sent to people. Many, many, many. And the ones that are mentioned in the Quran are as follows. There are 25. Adam, Idris, Idris, in, in English they say Enoch, Nuh, Noah, Hud, Hud, because he was an Arab, Saleh, Arab, Ibrahim, Abraham, originally from Babylonia, Lot, Lord, non-Arab, uh, Ishmael or Ismail became an Arab, Isaac, Ishaq, was <coughs> from the children of Israel. Ya'qub uh, was, sorry, the ancestors of the Israelites. Ishaq, Ya'qub, Jacob, Yusuf, Joseph, Ayyub, John, Shu'ayn, Arab, Musa, Moses, Harun, Aaron, Yunus, Jonah, Dawood, David, Suleiman, Solomon, Ilyas, I don't know what it is, Ilyasa, Elijah, or something like that. Zakaria, Zechariah, Yahya, John, Isa, Jesus, Dhul Kifr, and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Twenty-five prophets are mentioned in the Qur'an, but that's not all the messengers. So when Allah says that you must believe in all of his messengers and prophets, it means even those in the heavens are mentioned. Other names that were mentioned by Hadith are Sheath, Seth, in an authentic hadith, Yusha ibn Nun, Joshua, son of Nun, in an authentic hadith, and also narrations call other prophets such as Daniel, Daniel, and Shemuel. Shemuel is this authentic hadith, they probably came from Israelite traditions. <clears throat> Israelite traditions. Now, when you t we talk about the prophets and messengers, we get our information from the Quran from the Sunnah, from Prophet's words, or if it doesn't exist in the Qur'an and Sunnah, 
They exist in the Israelite traditions, the Jews and the Christian traditions. So sometimes I'm going to tell you stories and I'll tell you about Israelite traditions. And what we believe about the Israelite traditions is that anything that comes in the so-called Bible of today, we don't have the original Bible anymore. <clears throat> By the way, last time someone commented, says there's no such thing as Holy Bible. I said the ancient Holy Bibles. Let me explain something, brothers and sisters. The word Bible means Holy Book. That's what the word Bible means. It doesn't literally mean the Christian Bible or the Jewish Bible. It means Holy Book. <coughs> Biblos. It's an ancient Greek word or Babylonian word. <coughs> Biblos. The Quran is also a Bible. So when I say Holy Bible, it means the original ones that Allah sent upon Jesus and Moses and all that. <coughs> so, Whatever the Bible or the, the, the Israelite traditions say, if the Qur'an and Sunnah has not mentioned it, and it doesn't contradict our teachings, then we don't say that we believe it, nor do we deny it. We just say it could be true, could be false. That's the way we address the Israelite traditions. <coughs> My brothers and sisters in Islam, having talked about the books which Allah sent, I asked you last week how many books did Allah send? And some people said seven, some people said nine, some people said four. The books that we know about are five. The Zams, the Qur'an, the Torah, the Injil, and Sohuf Ibrahim. And it's also Sohuf Musa. Uh, there is an unconfirmed report from a hadith uh, by Abu Dhar, that he said, that the Prophet said, there were more than 104 books. More than 104 books. My brothers and sisters in Islam, the difference between Nabi and Rasul, we said last time, some scholars say there is no difference. Others, they say the Nabis, they carried on the tradition of the Rasuls. Others said, no, it's not true. <coughs> Others said that a Nabi is someone whom Allah chose as a special being, but is not ordered to convey the message. And we said this is refuted because Allah will not give a person, a Nabi, a position without the mission of conveying so, the difference between Nabi and Rasul, to the best of the opinions that I've read, is that a Rasul is someone whom his people did not accept him easily, and they fought him. And a Nabi is someone who the majority of his people accepted him and were happy with him. Which makes a Rasul more important, because his responsibility was more difficult. Both Nabi and Rasul received wahi. The angel Jibreel used to come to them. Both of them used to receive miracles and signs. But not everyone who received miracles and signs or received wahi, which means Jibreel came to them, means that they are a prophet. Maryam, Maryam we say alayhi salam doesn't mean she's a prophet. Alayhi salam, may Allah have peace upon him. Maryam, Musa's mother, Asya, the wife of Pharaoh, Allah sent wahi to them. Wahi means an inspiration, a divine revelation. Wahi can come in your dreams. Wahi can come in real life. An angel of any angel can come to you. Wahi can be a feeling, an inspiration that Allah puts in you. Allah says, وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمِّ مُوسَىٰ We gave inspiration, wahi, to the mother of Musa. And to Maryam, فَأَرْسَلْنَا إِلَيْهَا رُوحَنَا We sent to her our spirit, meaning Jibreel, the angel Jibreel, is what is called the Ruh al-Qudus. 
This doesn't mean that they were prophets. And the reason I'm saying this is because the question, were there women prophets? This is a controversial thing that people are talking about. And you will find that some, a very small minority of traditional scholars of the past, were on the opinion that there were women prophets, but not women rasuls. And no messenger women, but prophet women. <coughs> and the ones who... <coughs> And the ones who are of, of this opinion are scholars like Abu Hassan al-Ash'ari, al-Qurtubi, and Ibn Hazm. A lot of people say, when you say scholars, who do you mean? I used to go and give talks at a university, and then when you're talking to academic people, they're very technical on this. So when you say scholars, who do you mean in specific? What is your reference? So, this is what I mean. Traditional scholars, Abu Hassan al-Ash'ari, al-Qurtubi, and Ibn Hazm. There you go. I bet you don't even, half of you don't even know them, maybe. <laughs> there goes that down the drain. Anyway, I'm sorry, so I'm, not, I'm not putting it down. Those of you who know these scholars, then inshallah ta'ala, you know what I'm talking about. They were of the opinion that they're women prophets, but not women rasuls. And because they distinguish, they say rasul is someone who's sent with a mission to convey. But a prophet is someone who's sent as a noble person, but doesn't have to convey. And we already said, we reject the idea that a prophet doesn't convey. This goes against the whole mission of prophethood anyway. If a normal person has to convey... Inform. No one's allowed to keep knowledge to themselves. Then how can we say it about prophets keeping knowledge to themselves? Everybody has a mission to convey. It's called da'wah. Call to the path of your Lord. So we reject that idea. Therefore, and uh, the rest of the scholars all unanimously agree that all the prophets and messengers were men. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, <coughs> uh, there isn't a messenger that we have sent except men from among you. Men and the word Rijal, illa Rijal, there were men that were that received revelation from Jibreel. And uh, just because the, these women received wahi doesn't mean that they were prophets, for there are authentic hadiths about other people, normal people, whom angels came to them with a, a message. There's a hadith in Sahih Muslim in Bukhari, authentic hadith, that a man was visiting a sick person, he went to visit a sick person for the sake of Allah. So Allah sent to him an angel from the heavens in the form of a man. And he met this man and said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to visit such so-and-so because he's sick. And the angel said to him, have you got any business with him? Do you have any worldly benefit from him? Do you have, does he owe you money? Do you, is he famous? And the, this man said, no, nothing. I just want to visit him because of my love for Allah. That's it, for the sake of Allah. And the angel said to him, I am an angel from the heavens. Allah sent me to tell you directly that Allah loves you because you love someone for the sake of Allah and you're visiting him for the sake of Allah. That when you visit a sick person, you will find Allah there, metaphorically speaking. That's as if you are visiting Allah. When you help a needy person, it's as if you are helping Allah. But metaphorically speaking, Allah says, it's as if you're helping me. Right? It's, 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 it's a merciful way that Allah is saying it to you. Brothers and sisters, so there are a lot of people who saw this wahi. It doesn't mean that they are prophets and messengers. Plus, if they were women, it wouldn't be appropriate. It wouldn't be, they can't deliver the mission. They have to be among the people. They have to suffer the consequences. They have to be in secret and in open with people. And we know that men and women, 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 it can't mix in private and secret. Obviously, their sanctity and their hijab and all that prevents them. So women uh, can't do this mission of the man because of their circumstances, but they have other missions. Therefore, Allah did not send prophets as women at all. And anyone who says this really does not, is not standing on strong dalil or evidence, no matter how smart they sound. There is no strong stance and there is a complete contradiction of this in Quran and in the Sunnah.
My brothers and sisters, are the prophets and messengers humans like us? Yes, every single one of them. Do they make human mistakes? Yes, but here's the thing. They are masumin. Masumin means that they have a stronger willpower not to do the wrong. In the message of Allah, they don't make mistakes. They never make mistakes in the conveying of the message of Allah. Anything related to Allah's message, they are prevented. Allah has put, has helped them, protected, protected them from making mistakes in the message. Otherwise, if they make mistakes, we're doomed. But what they do make mistakes in is human mistakes. They have feelings. They have sorrows. They can get, you know, saddened, angry. They, they can get all this stuff, right? They can go through that, right? And so, and this is, and why, why do they go through that? To show us and to prove to us that if Allah had sent someone who was not human like you, then people would easily say, well, we can't be, you know, we can't take them as role models because, you know, they're so perfect, but we're human. Like in the Quran, Allah said that the Quraysh people said to, the Kuffar of Quraysh said to Muhammad why wouldn't he send, why wouldn't God send an angel as a prophet? Why did he choose a human like us who eats food? Eats food like us and walks in the markets like everyone else. He's got needs and desires like us. You know, how's that? Allah replied by saying, if he had sent to you an angel, you would have said, well, they're angels. We can't be like angels, though, comparison. You wouldn't have followed them. You wouldn't have listened to them. But he's a prophet human like you, so that you don't use excuses. They go through sicknesses like you, look what they do. They go through problems like you, look how they handled it. They go through poverty like you, look what happened to them. They died, so don't worship them. Right? They're born like you and they have parents, look how they treated their parents. And so on. They married, look how they treated their wives and their children. They were examples like us. My brothers and sisters in Islam, now... Let's return to that position of the angels prostrating to Adam. Allah said, وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ اسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ أَبَى وَاسْتَكْبَرَ وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ Now, the verses are really interesting and they're quite strong and tough, guys. Let's go into them. Allah said, And when we ordered the angels, prostrate yourselves before Adam, all of them fell prostrate, except Iblis, he refused and he was gloried in his arrogance and became one of the defiants. Every word, brothers and sisters, Allah uses is as its place. Allah says that, except for Iblis, Iblis was not an angel. Allah says another verse, إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ كَانَ مِنَ الْجِنِ Except for Iblis, why? He was one of the jinns, by the way. He was not an angel made out of light. And what does this mean? Allah wants to tell us that Iblis had free choice. He was not like the angels. The angels don't have free choice. They cannot disobey Allah and they can't even think about it. Allah created the angels without free choice. But He created the jinns and the humans with free choice. Which means that if you, as a human or a jinn, chose to obey Allah, you are of a higher rank than the angels. You can become that. And if you choose to disobey, you become lower than the shaitan himself. Allah said, He had free choice like the jinns. But you see, he was up there in a high rank with the angels. He became so amazing. He was a great believer. He had a great position. But he was still among the jinns. So he made the choice not to obey Allah. 
While Allah says what? He says, Istakbar. The only reason he didn't prostrate was of this thing that I warn you about. It's called Istikbar. Kibriya. Kibriya means to see yourself above others for no real reason. And to reject the truth, knowing that it's the truth, just because you're a stubborn being. You think you are above everything, above the truth as well. That's called kibriya. Istikbar, the word istikbar in Arabic means you are not created with that. You make yourself become that. So Allah says istakbar. Every verse in the Quran where it talks about why Iblis refused, it says istakbar. Istakbar. The word istakbar doesn't exist in English. Istakbar means you make yourself. You take it from somewhere. You call it upon it. You invite it to yourself. You make it yours. So it's a decision. It's a choice. It's an action of your own. You, he chose and let himself, made himself become full of pride and arrogance. That's all it is. This istikbar, nobody has the reason. Nobody has any excuse to be full of pride and arrogance. What is pride and arrogance? To reject the truth knowingly and to look down upon people that you are more superior to. That is istikbar. And Prophet said, nobody will enter paradise who has kibir in their heart, who has this in their heart. وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ He became one of those who are denying. They denied. Denied what? Denied Allah. How did he deny Allah? He still believes in Allah. He still knows the power of Allah. But how did he deny it? By refusing that Allah is above him in order. He made himself above Allah in order. Why? Because he directly refused Allah's order. Face to face, like, like that sort of thing. Astaghfirullah, Allah, I'm not saying Allah, Allah's face. I'm saying directly. Before Allah, Allah gave him the order and he just returned the order of Allah directly back to him. This is kibriya. This is the most evil of evil. So he made himself above Allah. Because directly he refused Allah. A direct command, directly refuted. So, by doing that, you deny Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then said in another verse, in Surah Sari, When your Lord said to the angels, Verily I am creating a bashar made out of clay. The word bashar, for those of you who are interested, Human beings are also called Bashar. Bashar literally means in Arabic, a bare body. Bare. Meaning, Allah said, I will create a body out of clay and it will not be covered with feathers or scales or hair all over. Why did he say that? Every other creation before the human being was covered with something. And recently, even in archaeologists are re-evaluating how dinosaurs looked <laughs> They are now, there's new evidence to suggest that they actually had fur all over them. They were full of hair. The jinns have scales and things upon them. The angels are made of fire and have stuff upon them. The animals and creatures, but the human being was created bare, just skin, a little bit of hair. So what is the human being expected to do? Expected to make the choice of covering themselves. How will they make that choice? By an instinctive nature. That you naturally feel shame. So you cover yourself. Allah wanted to show everyone, the angels and the jinns, that this human being is so special that look, inside of him is this mechanism. 
that makes him or her feel shame and they will cover themselves. They don't need me to do it for them. And this is a value that is so honorable, actually. And the opposite of it is dishonorable. When I have fashioned him, then bow down to him. Allah says, then the angels, all of them, every single angel prostrated to Adam. Some tafsirs you will read will say that Allah chose specific angels and He left out other angels whom He called the elites. Alright? But that's not correct. Because Allah says, All the angels prostrated to Adam. Illa Iblis, except for Iblis, He was full of pride and was from the unbelievers. So Allah SWT said, The Lord said, O Iblis, What forced you to not prostrate? Like was there someone who forced you not to prostrate? Did someone compel you? Push you away? Why is Allah saying it that way? Because Iblis, can he prostrate or not? He can. I'm asking you now a question. Can you pray? Can you pray? Can we pray or not? Do you have a reason not to pray? Can you get up from your bed and pray? Is there anything that prevents you? Like does anyone push you down? Is the blanket too heavy that it puts you out? Are you in a straitjacket that you can't get up? No. You can get up. So the first argument. Yeah, at least. The reason you wouldn't prostrate is I know you. You can is if someone forced you not to. So, what, what forced you? Now, obviously, this is a, a sarcasm from Allah. So he's, he's putting him down and saying, did someone force you not to? Obviously, the answer is no. Alright, in another verse, Allah Taala says, ma mana'aka alla tasjud. One says, an tasjud, which means you can, but someone forced you not to. And the other one is, ma mana'aka alla tasjud. Alla means something within you that convinced you. Were you convinced? So, one of it is forced, and the other one is, when you can, what convinced you not to prostrate when you could? Brothers and sisters, when, you, when Allah orders you to do something and you don't do it, there are two reasons only. No third reason. If you say, I can't, what do you mean? Either you have a condition that forces you not to, such as, for example, you're completely paralyzed, you can't pray. You're blind, paralyzed, and you've lost your mind. Then we can say, this person can't pray. But we don't, so nothing's forcing you. Now let's look at the second reason. Did something in your belief or someone convince you that you don't have to pray? God doesn't deserve to be worshipped? Maybe that's what it is. If no one did that and you do believe in Allah, then you have really have no excuse. And even the other one, someone convinced you is not an excuse, that's, a, that's actually going astray. Your iman is gone, your belief is gone. So Allah said to Iblis, did someone convince you or something within you convince you not to? Or did someone force you not to? Allah said, Astakbarta am kunta min al So Allah doesn't want the answer. He's telling him, it's not this and it's not that. So I'm going to tell you. Astakbart? Have you now decided to fill yourself with pride? Am kunta min al Or... Have you now suddenly, you suddenly think of yourself 
that you are among the elites, like you're above the angels even, you're like someone almost like God, that you don't have to prostrate. So this goes to us as well. When you reject the truth, why? Are you, is it just pride and arrogance? Or do you think that you are above everything? Neither of them is true. And that is the trait of the shaitan. People who have that, you are having the trait of the shaitan. Which one? Iblis replies a different answer because he knows that he's guilty. He knows that he is full of pride. He knows he's not one of the superior. Who are you? You are less than the angels. You just up there with their rank. You're not better than them. So why don't you prostrate as I ordered you? Iblis replies, He said, I am better than him. Because you made me from fire. And you made him out of clay. Just because of that, he thought he's noble. No. So, in reality, the first racist ever to exist in the universe, from what we know, from these stories, or at least the first racist that we are told about is Iblis. So anyone else who's racist, who are you following? The soldiers of Iblis. On what basis do you think your color is better than the other? That's the same as what Iblis said. I'm from fire, he's from clay. I'm of this color, he's from that color. I'm from this land, they're from that land. I'm a man, she's a woman. I am this, they're that. I'm an Arab, they're not. I'm Turkish, they're not. I'm what, I don't want to keep saying that. People start getting upset with me. It doesn't matter what you are. No one is better than the other based on you. If you really want to know who is better than the other, Allah is the one who tells us, the most honored among you, to Allah, not to anyone else, are the ones who are most God-fearing and most righteous. And even then, you can't say, I am more God-fearing. I am more righteous. See, I pray all the time. I'm in the mosque. Where are you? Who are you? I've never seen you there. Look, my beard. Where's your beard? Look at my hijab. Yours is disgusting. We don't talk like that. Because Allah says in the Quran, فَلَا تُزَكُوا He stops you from that too. He says, don't ever, don't ever, don't ever give yourself merit of piety. It's only Allah who knows who is more God-fearing. Don't ever praise yourselves that you are so pious. Allah is the one who knows who is more pious. And again, I want to stop you there for a second, brothers and sisters. Let's say that you're not practicing. You can't use that quote any other way around as well. Say, hey, yeah, I don't pray. I do drugs. I take alcohol. But who are you to judge me? God knows. I might be more God-fearing than you. You're right. God-fearing person, yes, only Allah knows. But at the same time, brothers and sisters, a God-fearing person does the right thing too. Isn't that right? Imagine you're married. <laughs> Some of you are married. I'm telling you to imagine it because it, the, the beauty of it is long gone, right? <laughs> the days when you said, wow, you think, you know, I'm just joking. Mashallah. Those of you who are not married and those of you who are, imagine that in your marriage or someone that you love says to you in the morning and in the night, when you wake up and when you go to sleep, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. 
Roses, I love you, gets a skyscraper done, those rockets, but I love you done. But they never show anything that shows their love. They don't give commitment, they don't give any sacrifices, they don't look at your needs, uh, communication is poor. Uh, you can see it, right? You're not going to believe that person. So, that's the point, my brothers and sisters. You believe in Allah, there are conditions to it. Yes, it starts inside and it's completed on the outside. And Allah says, uh, Taqwa on the inside is the best thing, and on the outside, Allah says there's also libas, there's also taqwa on the outside. So, outside and inside. Allah did not allow Iblis, uh, after that answer he gave, he didn't want it, he said, forget it. <laughs> he said, Fakhruj minha. Alright, get out of it. Get out of it. Now you're an outcast. Get out of what? Get out of your rank and position that I gave you. You are not allowed to be in here because you no longer are fitting for this. You no longer qualify. You can't be here. This is only for the special people. You're not special anymore. <laughs> and you will have my curse upon you till the day that is known. Yawmaddin means either, it means the last hour. After that, there is no more repentance. Last hour in the world ends. You're an outcast. So he said, My Lord, then grant me respite till the day that they are raised up. Allah said, oh, You will have my curse upon you till the deen, till the last hour. So he said, Oh Allah, let me stay alive until you raise them on the day of judgment. Allah says, Okay, I'm going I'm I'm to keep you alive. In another verse, Allah says, I will keep you alive until the world ends, not until they are resurrected. You're going to die with everyone else. Okay. Iblis changed his tone. He says, Rabbi. When, Allah, when he said, I'm better than him and all that stuff, Allah then said, get out! Got angry at him. And Iblis, he said, Rabbi, oh my Lord. He, he reduced himself. Now he's saying, my Lord, why? We say it's a sakar, sakato. So he's saying, oh Allah, just a statement that we say when we sakar to someone. So you, you say, oh Allah, oh my Lord, he wants something. We say it to our children, right? And they say, let's say they're being rude to you, and then suddenly they just change their tone. Baba, Abi, I love you. What's your response? What do you want? <laughs> what do you want this time? Sometimes, so Iblis, he reduced himself. Rabbi, let me live until the end of time. Now Allah out of His mercy does not reject the dua that's done sincerely. At this point, Iblis is sincerely asking God. He calls upon Him with His rabbi. And subhanAllah, even while he's angry at Iblis and he is cursed, Allah still accepts his dua. Right? If you call upon Allah only and sincerely, Allah responds to you. But he didn't regret his stance because he couldn't overcome his pride and his jealousy. That's it. Some people, subhanAllah, they develop arrogance and pride in themselves and jealousy to the point they can't overcome it anymore, man. And I feel sorry for these people because they, they have doomed themselves. How interesting is that? For the Iblis to become an everlasting kafir, it all started from one thing. Who knows what it is? Jealousy. <laughs> 
الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم said إياكم والحسد beware of this false jealousy وإياكم والحسد فإن الحسد يأكل الحسنات كما تأكل النار الحطب البخاري المسلم says for jealousy eats away your good deeds just for a fire eats away wood when you're jealous too much all your good deeds become like a vengeance showing off because it's jealousy competition I'm not going to do it for Allah my brothers and sisters in Islam then the conversation keeps going the debate and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts telling him get out get out you are no longer in it you are cursed so Iblis then turns around when Allah says to him okay I will leave I'll keep you alive how much time you have three minutes Two minutes. <coughs> Iblis now realizes that, oh, that's it. He's outcasted. God has cursed him. He gets so angry. Allah has accepted his dua. He got what he wants. This is, this, this is the example of a person who is so vengeful with an evil heart. Even human beings become like that. Right? Some people don't want to take revenge. They do something wrong and instead of blaming themselves and trying to uh, work on themselves and developing themselves and learning from their mistakes and admitting their faults and growing and leaving the wrong behind. What do they do? Some of them resort to blaming others for their own faults. And these people and sisters will never be happy in life. Never. They'll always argue, they'll always debate, they'll always have trust issues, they'll always hate anyone, they'll always be paranoid, they'll always be fighting. Anything like that. You know. You lose your job because of something you've done. You lose a relationship. You go into a divorce. Uh, whatever it is, right? A partnership, business partnership, whatever. It could be your fault. If a person is full of arrogance and pridefulness and jealousy and competition, all that stuff, they start to blame others. When you, uh, when you meet someone like that, just keep formal with them and avoid them at any cost, to be honest. Until they can come to terms with themselves. These are unhappy, miserable people and very negative and toxic. So Iblis, what did he do? He actually looks and he says, أَرَأَيْتَكَ هَذَا الَّذِي كَرَّبْتَ عَلَيْهِ أَرَأَيْتَكَ أَرَأَيْتَكَ In Arabic, because we understand Arabic, you can say أَرَأَيْتَ or أَرَأَيْتَكَ One is normal and the other one is rude and obnoxious and disrespectful. He said to Allah, He said, Look here, that ka ara'ayta ka ka means look here, look here you. Ara'ayta ka hadha, see this, uh, this pathetic being there, hadha, meaning Adam. Now he hates Adam, and now he's blaming Allah. See this foolish rubbish there that you made better than me? See how you, God, have led me astray. He's blaming his failure on Allah. He's blaming his failure on Allah. It's like a student who never studies, has been warned, been told that the exam's done, he gives him all the guidance, and then when the exam time comes, they fail and they go, you made me fail. You gave me an F. What are you talking about? The teacher just looked at your marks, you didn't study it. It's your fault, I'm just objective, it's just neutral. No, you made me fail. Why did you have to give me the exam? If you didn't give me the exam, I wouldn't be failing right now. That's stupid. 
So Iblis would have said, see how you've honored this man, this person above me? Yeah, you. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to uproot. Uproot. So when you take a tree out of the ground, it never grows again. The tree grows high. It's beautiful. The human being, Allah, has made him beautiful and bright. He says, I'm going to cut their roots so they're not high anymore. I'm going to uproot all of his children. In other words, I'm going to delude them all. And he sits there and goes, Yeah, accept your sincere servants. Alright, accept your sincere servants. Why are you sincere servants? Because at least notice, I can't. He, Allah says, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Try to control them like a horse. Istafziz is a word used in Arabic for when somebody uses reins of a horse to steer the horse. So he's saying to him, yeah, yeah, go ahead, I'll let you, you know, go climb right on top of him and steer him like a horse. If you can. Only with your whispers. You can't have power, you're not going to control it like physically. But only be salted with your whispers. What are his whispers? Everything that you hear or listen to that leads you away from Allah. Now you can put all that in a package. We all know what that is. And Iblis was able to do that. Allah says, Inna ibadi, Inna ibadi, as for my worshippers, when you have a ya at the end, ibadi, sometimes the Quran says ibadi, just very quickly, sometimes ibadi, ibadi means my true worshippers, ibadi means just my slaves, the people I created, ibadi, my true worshippers, laysa laka alayhim sultan, you will have no power over them. Why? Why? Because they will not serve you and your call. They will always serve my call and they will take you as an enemy. You will not be able to delude the people who are my true worshippers. My brothers and sisters, Maghrib time has arrived. So inshallah we'll stop here. And next week inshallah we'll talk about what happens next after this great debate by the peace. هذا وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين السلام عليكم